Hey, this is Lauren Hargrove, co-pastor of Gravetop Church with the Revive Moms podcast. I hope this message makes a difference in your life and truly revives your soul. Enjoy. And so today's title for our message is called The Naysayers. The Naysayers. So today we're going to talk about the power of influence in our life. So I'm going to ask you right now, who are you currently listening to right now in this season? I'm sure there are many voices and influences that you're listening to. Maybe it's your own mother's advice and wisdom that's carrying you through. Maybe it's the latest podcast you've been into, or maybe the Bible and, and the truth that it's giving you. Maybe it's your friends that you've had for years. Or maybe it's some haters that you can't seem to push out of your life. Maybe it's some Instagram influencers, or maybe it's your own self-defeating or encouraging thoughts. You know, we are all are listening to something and someone on a daily basis. And those we choose to listen to will influence our thoughts, our actions, our life and our future, whether we realize it or not. And how many of you know that sometimes it's the naysayers that have a more lasting impact than those who are rooting for us, unfortunately, not all the time, but it almost seems like the naysayers feel louder than those are like, you know what, girl, you're doing a great job. How many times have you been desiring, for example, to grow closer to God and someone comes in and says a sneaky little snarky comment, oh, you're going to be like an all like super weird Jesus freak now or what? Or this is just going to be a phase girl. It's not going to last. Or maybe they're like, oh, you're going to go to that church. That's weird. You can just do God all by yourself or blah, blah, blah. But what about the times you've maybe even shared your dreams and goals with someone? And some of these naysayers be planting seeds of doubt right away. Maybe you're like, hey, you know what? I just I want to open my own business. I want to do this. I want to do that. I, I really am feeling this on my heart. I'm passionate about it. And the first thing maybe one of this naysayer says is, are you sure you can handle that though? With like everything else you're doing, or are you sure that's what God wants you to do? Do you really think that you can do that? Et cetera, et cetera. Right. I could give literally probably a billion examples tonight, but think of a situation for you right now where you remember that there was maybe a naysayer speaking negative vibes over your life in some way. And let me ask you this, did it influence your thoughts or even your decisions in that specific area? Let me ask you this, did it cause unnecessary fear and doubt? Did it cause you to question everything you felt you were called to do? And how many of you actually allowed it to change your decision altogether based off of those naysayers? You know, you may or may not have thought of an example. It may come to you now or later, but I was reading a story in the Bible the other day, and it's one that I love. And I've read it many times and I'm like, man, this is a powerful story. There's so much you can get from it. But this time something specific really stuck out to me. The lesson that I grasped from it was this, our circle of influence truly matters and it matters much more than we realize. We have to carefully choose the influence that we allow in our life and what we listen to because these influences will shape our lives, 
the lives of our kids and our future. And the thing is, is God has a very unique and specific plan for all of us. His plans are good and beautiful. And in our journey with God, he truly wants us to know that we can trust him to bring about these good plans. But this requires us to listen to his voice above all else and to trust him even in the times our circumstances are a little rocky. No matter what, God can do anything. His plan cannot be thwarted. So let me go ahead now, and I'm going to share the story, and we're going to dissect it through our message today. So um, there's going to be three points, and I'm going to share the story that it came from. The first point is called the crowd's voice. The second one is the few faithful. And the last one is the God who knows. So let's go on our first point, the crowd's voice. So I'm going to share a whole story. And in each verse, I mean, each point, I'm going to put, share a chunk of that story. So I'm going to read a part of it right now. And it's in numbers 13, two through 26 and 33. Okay. Um, so imagine I'm reading you a story. If you can close your eyes, if you just try your best and no matter what you're doing to listen to it, like the first time to listen and try to imagine this playing out. And so it starts with send some men to explore the land of Canaan. So God is telling Moses, send some men to explore the land of Canaan, which I am giving to the Israelites from each ancestral tribe, send one of its leaders. So this happened. And then here we go. They went, they explored it. And then it says they came back to Moses and Aaron and the whole Israelite community of Kadesh in the desert of Paran. There, they reported to them and okay. So listen up there. They reported to them. They told them and to the whole assembly and showed them the fruit of the land. Look here. They gave Moses this account. We went into the land to which you sent us and it does flow with milk and honey. Here's its fruit. But the people who live there are powerful and the cities are fortified and very large. We even saw the descendants of Anath there. These are uh, giants. The Amalekites live in the Negev and the Hittites, Jebusites, Amorites live in the hill country and the Canaanites live near the sea and along the Jordan. Bear with me with all these names, right? Then Caleb silenced the people before Moses and said, we should go up and take possession of the land for we can certainly do it. But the men who had gone up with them, so the other men that went with him and saw everything he saw, said this, we can't attack those people. They are stronger than we are. And they are spread up uh, among the Israelites. Oh, sorry. And they spread among the Israelites a bad report about the land they had explored. They said the land we explored devours those living in it. All the people we saw there are great size. We saw the Nephilim there, the descendants of Anak from the Nephilim, we seemed like grasshoppers in our own eyes and we looked the same to them. So there's so much here that I just want to like unravel, which I'm going to try to, but it's so much. So let me just start with what I wrote down first. So this story really got me thinking about the power of the crowd's voice. One man, Caleb shared the good finds. He shared the facts about potential obstacles. So he shared the good things he saw. He shared, you know what, here's some potential obstacles. And with that, he said, we can do this. But the crowd heard the same report. And what did they declare? We can't. 
They went on to explain the obstacles they would face and why they would not succeed. They began to convince the masses as they spread this negative report among the people. Everyone but Joshua and Caleb were ready to abort the mission, to go possess the land which God promised them. He promised this land to them and they were about to just abort mission. No, we can't do this. Do you think that God was unaware of the obstacles they were going to face once they finally reached the promised land? Do you think God was like, oh, snap, you know, that is where I wanted to send y'all. But man, they went and looked and I didn't even realize there was giants there. Shoot. Yeah, my bad. No, he was actually very aware and he wasn't concerned. Why? Because he already knew that he would give his people victory over the enemies. He already had a plan and he knew his plan and promise was to give his people the good land. All he required of them was to simply believe and obey, to take one foot in front of the other in obedience, and they would be able to witness God defeat their enemies and enjoy the abundance and the land he wanted to give them. But instead, the crowd began to believe the naysayers. They were easily and quickly, they were easily and quickly influenced by the negative report so much that they chose not to believe and to abort the mission. They took themselves out of the equation and out of God's promise. They willingly chose to leave that. But there were still two men who believed in the promise and God's ability to give them victory. They put their trust in God while others only looked at themselves and the inability to be able to do what God was meant to do. The crowd chose to not believe the good report and the vision to see it come to pass. And so know this negativity, doubt, and criticism will always spread rapidly among the people. And so today I am urging you to not conform to the voices of the crowd. I am urging you to learn to think for yourself before being easily influenced by naysayers or those that craftily put lies together that are dressed up as pretty truths. I urge you to not allow the naysayers to cause you to miss out on the promises and good plans of God that he is leading you towards. What they are saying has the influence and power to change the course of your future if you listen to them rather than to God. You must be a doubt silencer. I love when it says that Caleb silenced the crowd. He's like, yo, shut it. <laughs> like, stop spreading that weird juju, bro. Like, we can do this. You need to be a doubt silencer just like Caleb rather than one who follows the, follows the masses and later pays for it with your own future. The influence you allow in your life will affect you. So I encourage you as strong women, as strong mothers, especially in this time right now in our world of literal craziness and Jesus coming back any second now, literally to choose to believe God's word over 
all of the crazy things that you can believe, all of the crazy reports, all of the crazy lies, all of the crazy deception, all of the crazy influences, choose to believe God's promises and his word over the crowd and the masses. Choose to believe that even whatever obstacles you face, that God will give you victory. Don't be intimidated by the giants that are in the land of the promised land that God has given you because God promised he will wipe them out. And if God said it, he will do it. And so the crowd's voice, they went in to check out this um, land. They came back and only two out of all of these men said, we can do this. The rest said we couldn't. And the masses in the crowds began to believe the naysayers over the two that had faith that God can do it. And so know that these voices have influence and choose to believe God at his word. And our second point, let's move on, is this, the few faithful. So I'm going to pick up where we left off in the story um, in Numbers 14. So we heard all of that, right? So they're talking about how long, um, sorry, we ended with them saying, we look, we seem like grasshoppers in our own eyes. And we looked at, we looked the same to them. So now let's continue. Joshua, our point right now is the few faithful. So Joshua, son of Nun and Caleb, son of Jehunan, who were among those who had explored the land, tore their clothes and said to the entire Israelite assembly, the land we passed through and explored is exceedingly good. They're literally in full passion. It's good. They said, they're telling the assembly, it is good. They go on to say, if the Lord is pleased with us, he will lead us into that land, a land flowing with milk and honey, and he's going to give it to us. And they say, only don't rebel against the Lord and do not be afraid of the people in the land because we will devour them. Their protection is gone, but the Lord is with us. Do you understand that when you face these giants in your life, their protection is gone. The Lord is with us. He says, do not be afraid of them. So this is what he said, right? The land is good. If the Lord's pleased with us, he will lead us to that land. It's flowing with milk and honey. Don't rebel against the Lord. Don't be afraid of the people because we will devour them. Their protection is gone and the Lord is with us. Don't be afraid. And then it goes on to say, but the whole assembly talked about stoning them. Then the glory of the Lord appeared at the tent of meeting to all the Israelites. The Lord said to Moses, how long will these people treat me with contempt? How long will they refuse to believe in me in spite of all the signs I performed among them? I mean, can you imagine they have two encouraging pastors up there, if you will, right? Lead God leading people, men of God leading the people. And they're saying, Hey guys, we can do this. They're giving an encouraging message to the masses. We can do this. God is with this. Don't be afraid. And what do they say? They say, let's stone them. They're getting mad at them and wanting to destroy them. And God gets upset. He is frustrated. And he's saying, how long will they not believe me? Even after all the signs I've shown, how many times in our life has God shown us that he is faithful? He comes through, he provides, he heals, he comforts, he loves, he restores, he frees us over and over and over. And how many times have we been at another place? Like, God, where are you? You left me. 
How dare you? In the same way, we're not far from these people sometimes. And so there are sometimes only a few faithful ones in your life. You may have many friends and many people all around you that love you and that you love, but they may be only a few faithful ones that you can rely on. Out of the whole crowd, it was only Caleb and Joshua who believed and obeyed God. God gave, gave everyone in that crowd many examples of his power and his great love for them. But once again, they allowed their doubt to dictate their future rather than their faith in God. So will you be a part of the few faithful? Will you stand up even when everyone else is bowing down in fear? Will you choose to believe God's promises over your life, even when everyone else is speaking doubt and fear over you? Will you cower away from your purpose and God's good plan because the fear of what others will think and say, or will you stand strong? Will you put your shoulders back? Will you buck up and believe that God is for you? And if God is for you, who can be against you? Romans 8, 31. Stand strong in what you believe. Know why you believe what you believe and have faith in what God is speaking over you. And just like the few verses said above, it said, don't be afraid about what's before you. Do you see challenges right now in your life? Do you see trials and obstacles? Face them full force because it says God will devour them. Do you feel like you're doing it all alone? You're not. God is with you every step of the way. And that's all you need. It might be time to look at your circle, evaluate your influence and carefully choose what you are allowing in your life. Choose to surround yourself with Caleb's and Jacob, uh, Joshua's, because those are the kind of people you want to walk with into the promised land. Don't get caught up in the crowds because you will only reap the results of their lack of faith. You are part of the few faithful and you are about to see God's promises unravel right before your eyes. So choose to be a part of the few faithful. And sometimes even if it's just you standing, remain standing because God always comes through for you. And moving to our very last point, and that is this, the God who knows. So we're ending that story. Again, this story, there's so much more context to it. So I encourage you to read numbers, read your Bible, read. This story comes from numbers 14 and it's a good story. Like you'll open it up and like, man, that's crazy. Oh, snap. What? So I encourage you go and read it because there is more before and after to the story I'm sharing with you today, but I'm sharing with you the specific part, um, but there's more to it. So we are ending the story we just read. And the last thing we read from that story was, um, how long will they ref refuse to believe in me in spite of all the signs I performed in numbers 14 and in numbers 14, 24, it says, but because my servant Caleb has a different spirit and follows me wholeheartedly, I will bring him into the land he went to and his descendants will inherit it. So it's saying, because my, my servant, he had a different spirit about him. He follows me wholeheartedly. I'm going to bring him into the land. And you know what it means when it says descendants, it's generations or offspring, their children, 
your life and your children and your future will be affected by the influence that you allow in your life. And so God says, I'm going to bring him into this promised land, Caleb and Joshua too. Um, and so God knows his plans for your life and they are good. Jeremiah 29, 11 tells you that. Did you know that the crowd of the naysayers that we just read about did not end up entering the promised land? God planned for them to, that was his purpose and the promise he gave them, but their own doubt and negativity and lack of faith in God's promises is what prevented them from entering. They literally took themselves out of the equation, but Caleb and Joshua did enter it simply because despite their fears and the voices of doubt all around them, they chose to cling to the promise of God and their faith in God to be trusted at his word. They believed if God said it, God will do it. So God not only knows his plans for your life, but he also knows the obstacles you will face. He knows everything you need. He knows everything you've gone through and he knows everything you're going through. He knows it all. And with all of this, he is still able to get you where you need to be. He can walk you through the wilderness right into your promised land. He can get you across the sea to the other side, despite the winds and the waves. He can get you there, but do you believe it? God truly rewards your faith when you choose to believe despite all of the oppositions you face and know this, that nothing, nothing can change God's plans. God's promises were still there for all the people. He, he did not change his mind, but it's a matter of if they chose to walk with him into the promises that he's giving them and what he says he will do. Did you know that God will do it? Even though everyone's broken promises to you, I know all of us, God won't like that is just a simple truth, but will you follow his leading trust and obey? And look, I know God knows that it's hard. He is an understanding God and he is literally holding your hand, walking you through. He is a good, good father. And I'm telling you, he loves you so much and he wants to walk you to the other side into the promised land he prepared for you. But will you reach out and will you grab his hand and let him lead you? He's not going to let you down. He's not going to see the enemies coming and abandon you. He's not going to like, oh, snap, my bad. I got to go. I don't know what to do. And you be overran by the obstacles and trials and giants in this life. No, he will hold your hand. He will fight the enemy. He will devour them. And he will say, okay, my child, this is all for you. This is what I promised you. And so will you grab his hand? And I'm going to end on these two verses. Isaiah 14, 27 says, the Lord of heaven's armies has spoken. Who can change his plans? When his hand is raised, who can stop him? No one can stop his plans. In Deuteronomy 31, 8, it says, don't be afraid or discouraged for the Lord will personally go ahead of you. He will be with you and he will neither fail you nor abandon you. Do not be afraid. He is with you and he will never fail you or abandon you. 
I hope you enjoyed today's message. We'd love to connect with you. Follow Revive Moms on Instagram and subscribe to our podcast on iTunes or Spotify. If Revive Moms has been life-giving to you, then we'd love to connect with you as a church family. To learn more about Gravetop Church, visit gravetop.com or follow us on social media at Gravetop Church. Thanks for listening.